Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it's time to bring the orange. And the orange today, we're kind of taken into the cloud with Prakash Darji, who is our lead for the Flash Array Business Unit. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Happy to be here. No, great to have you here. I've been excited to uh, have you in to talk about everything that Pure is doing around cloud. But before we get to that, I'm always interested in the journey and how you kind of got to Pure. You've been here, I think, a few months, right? Yeah, about uh, five, six months. Five, six months, more than a few. Um, but prior to that, you've got some pretty extensive experience and uh, that you bring to Pure. Yeah, I was at SAP for about 13 years, uh, spent some time in the application space, uh, built out the in-memory database business there as well. And the last thing I was doing was building the cloud platform business before I came. So it was interesting to see the journey of SAP as it started as a on-premises company. We acquired some SaaS companies, and then I built out a cloud platform there and platform as a service. Well, it's great to have you on board as we uh, march towards the the cloud launch that we're going to be talking about um, today. Um, before we get into some of the specifics around that, though, why don't we take folks back, the listeners, and just get back and using kind of your background, um, the, really the evolution of cloud, how that come about uh, from your perspective, and how has it evolved? Well, it's interesting if you kind of rewind, you know, what do we think of as the modern day cloud today? Yeah. And you might rewind and say maybe it's Amazon, but actually I'd go back further and take a look at Salesforce, mm. right? A lot of us use Salesforce for CRM today, but when Salesforce CRM came out, Amazon wasn't an enterprise cloud company. It was yeah. an e-commerce website. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They had to get there. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, the initial cloud was SaaS applications. Um, Salesforce CRM was early. Even Amazon e-commerce as a SaaS commerce application was early. Um, and those were some of the earlier, what I would call public cloud SaaS, right? Not private or hosted. Right. Uh, and as that evolved, it's kind of interesting because normally when you build a house, you build the foundation first and then you know, you put in the plumbing and the walls and then you yep. build the ceiling. Right. Um, you would think that today we look at cloud as infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service. But that software as a service was built before infrastructure or platform as a service. There was no plumbing. There, <laughs> there, you know there were no walls. Right. It like, went right to the house. Yeah, well, so yeah. It, it's kind of interesting how does that happen. And those SaaS companies, a lot of SaaS companies today, were built on you know traditional infrastructure, something which Peer knows pretty well. Peer is actually supporting building a lot of um, SaaS companies today with our infrastructure. But as the world evolved, SaaS came out was kind of first and early. Then after that, you kind of went to the bottom of the stack, and then a lot of the infrastructure as a service started coming out. So Amazon then introduced infrastructure as a service and Azure and then GCP. And then you had all the, all of these people investing in saying, you know what, let's consolidate data centers and power and all of that and make infrastructure available as a service. Yeah. So that was kind of the next evolution. And then things, and then the third major introduction was platform as a service that came late. And that was like, okay, well, if we were able to consolidate infrastructure, let's consolidate platform. Now, why is this interesting is as customers go on the journey or as companies go on the journey, they have to decide what am I using? 
Am I going SaaS? Am I going infrastructure? Am I going platform? Am I going on-premises? Or do you see them often having blends, right? In different pockets of the company, you've got you know, different choices strategically that could be made around those at different times by different people. Well, interestingly, Perhaps. people are looking at the trade-offs now. Should yeah. I put it here or should I go there? Should I use platform? Should I use infrastructure? Should I use SaaS? But like you said, the blend is actually probably where things will end up. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about the real world today, um, how do you get anything done? Let's say you have a finance system. That finance system might be on-premise. Yeah. You got to close the books. Every company has to close the books. Um, well, could you get smarter about the journal entries that are repetitive that you need to do through machine learning algorithms? And if so, where's the best kind of AI frameworks? Well, right now, they probably sit in platform as a service in the cloud. So why can't you use AI algorithms in the cloud working with your on-premises system? Or, you know, I gave you the, that example of Salesforce CRM. It's a SaaS application. That SaaS application just allows you to sell stuff. But everything you sell needs to hit a finance system somewhere. Right. That might be on-premises. So you have to ensure that you're building an application workflow connecting the two. And that is hybrid applications. It's using the best of what's available in infrastructure, platform, or software as a service, wherever it sits. And that's hybrid apps. We right. believe that the future is going to go there. But those are the gaps that have been developing over time, right? I mean, you've got those three entry points to cloud that you talked about, and it's really the connectivity among those three and actually making them work together that, that continues to be the challenge. Is that the main challenge, or, or are there other facets to it as well? Well, um, you kind of think about it. The way you build apps in both the on-premises and the cloud world is different. Uh, I think the term that a lot of people talk about is this divide. Yeah. How you manage apps is different. How you orchestrate them is different. So, for example, a lot of on-premises apps were built in a way where you primarily have scale-up applications and in the cloud, because of the way computing structured, you scale out your You're applications. You're all scale-out. Yeah, right. Just kind of different app architectures. Um, the way, you know, in one world, you use a lot of containers to do things in cloud and actually on-premises people have been wrapping things in VMs and using virtual machines. So there is now this fragmentation between how work gets done. So from a challenges standpoint, it'd be nice if you could use the best of what's available where, but that isn't natural because of this just, hey, the way you things do, do work on the left is different than the way you do the work on the right. And that's really different when you actually talk about data and storage. Right. So at the storage layer, on-premises, people were using a lot of block workloads, but cloud grew up on potentially an object store. And you know, using the, the trust models of how you architected an app were very different. Because in scale out, you might actually be building your reliability and redundancy in your application architecture versus traditionally in the on-premises world, you're relying on the reliability of your storage system to provide you your nines. So that bridge is what made the reality of how do you keep data consistent and manage data across those environments difficult. That's that cloud divide we speak right, of. Right, right. And you've got the enterprise kind of piece on one side and sort of the web scale piece on the other. But data is kind of that commonality, that link between 
that that needs to work, right? Well, it should or it all to function. It should, right? It should be. Yeah. Um, so what I'm what we're trying to create now with Pure is this consistency. Uh, I think sometimes we joke. A lot of times we say, "Hey, you you need to build a data centric architecture." Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what is that? Well, it's just a fancy way of saying you need to build a consistent way of treating your data wherever it sits. End to end. And well, across the different models that we've been talking about. The world about. we're in right now is such that we know more data is being generated. Mm -hmm. And those that data can come from a wide variety of places. It can come from your apps. It can come from your telemetry. It can be, come from this podcast. This, po this podcast yep. no, we'll, is we'll going to be data. We'll push some data out here. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to put it somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you put it in the cloud? Do you put it on premises? Um, well, what if we could provide a consistent model where that data is the same? What if we could provide common orchestration where you could, you know what, put it in the public cloud or put that podcast back on premises? Doesn't matter. Depends on where people are and where they want to consume it. And what if you didn't have to worry about, okay, if I put it on premises, I have to buy hardware and pay CapEx and do this. And if I put it in the cloud, I have this whole OpEx model. What if you had just one consistent model that allowed you to move things back and forth and allowed you to treat your data like your data. What's important is the data. It is. It's what we're talking about today, right? The yeah. podcast is yeah. interesting because the voice that people will listen to and convey information is the data we're talking about. Of course. So why is it hard to go ahead and put it where it's needed or consume it how you need? Well, that's a good example, right? I mean, we, we, we host this and we push it to multiple places. I don't have to go create or buy hardware <laughs> to to host this podcast and uh, and have it show up. It just does, right? It just does that. And so that's conceptually what you're looking at here with with the Pure's vision for cloud, right? Is is providing this extensibility around the data. So starting with that, mm -hmm. we said, okay, let's see if we can bridge this divide. How do we bring it together? Well. We believe that we can bring the seamless management together pretty easily because we have a product called Pure One yep. that provides cloud data management, and it manages all of our arrays wherever they sit today anyway. And we believe we can bring the consumption experience together. So you know you consume it regardless of whether you want to consume capacity on-premises or in the cloud. Then on the application side, there's interesting work happening in the container world where with Kubernetes mm -hmm. and with container development, you can actually start unifying application orchestration and application architecture. Now, with the storage layer, we're building these new cloud data services to provide that unification. And there's three cloud data services we're building. The first one is our cloud block store. The second one is cloud snap. And the third is store reduce. They're new cloud data services, primarily with that intent of creating that ability to build that hybrid app where you don't have to be handcuffed by the different ways of dealing with data sitting between on-premises and cloud. Now, the first one. Yeah, let's break these out. Cloud block store first. Yeah, the cloud block store is interesting in that it provides you the same software that we used to run our hardware platforms today on-premises. So today, we've introduced the Flash Array M, we've introduced the Flash Array X. This is now 
the flash array cloud, so to speak. Yeah, right. right, um, right. It's the cloud block store is 100% software, that same software that runs the M and the X, but now engineered and optimized for a new hardware platform called AWS. Right, there you go. So what's interesting is unlike other companies that might say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna try to create a fabric to make these two different things, cloud and on-premise look the same or unify the management um, via a separate thing. We didn't actually have to do that. When we brought our software and engineered it for another hardware platform in the public cloud, we were able to create the efficiencies that we normally have seen on-premises with data data reduction right. and compression and all these all the good storage services. All these good storage right. services. Right, right. But we were also able to bring a performance orientation by aggregating cloud compute and leveraging the best of what's available there, okay. instant available capacity. And when we put it together in Pier 1, it was interesting because now you could go into our cloud data management and see all of your arrays, your on-premise arrays, M's and X's, and your cloud. You can push up into cloud your cloud block arrays. store yeah, as your well. Yeah, cloud block store, yeah. And interestingly, when we looked at it, I was like, well, how do I know which ones are on-premises or in the cloud? I was actually like working with our Pier 1 engineering team saying, you know, right. can we make one look a different color? So like, it was interesting because we didn't approach it after the fact is a, how do you unify these worlds? We approached it with our differentiation being, we know how to get the best out of any medium. Previously, that medium was Flash. Right. Right. So what's unique about Peer's DNA is we're a company of engineers and innovators that know how to get the best out of a medium for data. And we're now the just- The first medium yeah. was Flash. This new medium is cloud. We're just extending that that expertise into cloud now, right? And who else does that? Think about like the last time companies actually built software optimized for a medium. That medium was disk and the software was built like 30, 40 years ago. a while ago, yeah. And when Flash as a medium came around, a lot of those companies said, okay, I'm gonna throw use Flash behind the software that was optimized for disk. Or even tape. Or tape. God, <laughs> uh, go back God to help that, us but that's, There's a lot of software development in there. I remember God those things. All. Yeah, but like, right? uh, so, and Pure actually started with a, hey, we're gonna build software optimized for the medium. That first medium was Flash. And now we've said, okay, we can build it optimized for this cloud infrastructure medium. And interestingly, that's a difficult problem, and we're uniquely positioned to solve that problem. As you approach the public cloud, actually, we were speaking with an analyst recently, and the analyst gave this analogy around uh, these characteristics that people are used to with data historically have been on-premises. Mm -hmm. And they said the cloud is like a pool, and all the kids want to jump in the pool. Initially, when cloud came on the scene, everyone's like, I'm going cloud first. Everything's going to the cloud. Well, they treat it cloud as a strategy, yeah. but it's not really a strategy. Yeah, well, it's an yeah. option. Yeah, it's an option. And what's interesting is, you know, he said, your cloud block store is like giving the kids a floaty, right? It allows them to jump into the pool in a way that they know and understand. Yeah, they're comfortable. They're, they're comfortable. not going to sink. They're not going to be overwhelmed. Sink. Not be right, overwhelmed yeah. right. Because we're providing that consistency across the environments making the operating environment the same. Particularly if they're existing pure customers, right? Oh, I mean, they're gonna be comfortable with the storage services, with how things work, with Pure One, with, you know, maybe they don't even need to have a special color on the array that's in the cloud. It's not gonna matter to them. Well, so, you know, we thought a lot about that. Right. Is, is this thing gonna be for existing pure customers mm -hmm. or the open market? 
And frankly, um, it's absolutely interesting for the existing customers, but I'm surprised that when, we, when we've been talking to customers, it's pulling us into a lot of conversations that are not our existing customers. Yeah. Like these SaaS companies who've been building on infrastructure as a service know what they're missing in terms of that consistency of data. Like sometimes their journey starts in the public cloud and they're trying to figure out, okay, what if I want to sell to a federal government? How do I put it on premises? Or how do I offer it for a certain segment for higher performance and dedicated reliability? Some of these companies that started as SaaS companies now are coming to us and talking to us about, hey, I want to go in the other direction. Interesting. And I don't want just this lock-in in the world that I'm living in. That's an interesting dynamic, right? We kind of say the enterprise is not very cloudy over time, but yet this other direction, the cloud is not very, what do we say? Not, cloud is not very enterprisey, right? Yeah. With a dash Y on there. But that's that's really what, what and it's an interesting perspective because I, you know, a lot of times we think with our infrastructure brains going from one direction and how does it get to the cloud? But you don't even take the perspective of these, you know, these guys that started in the cloud wondering how to get back to some of those things that would benefit them on the enterprise side. Well, and the reality is going to be in the middle. Oh, it's yeah. not about yeah. starting here and going there or moving from here and going there. Or just sort of yeah, it's merging It's using it. the best right. of what's available mm -hmm. where. That's why we're really excited about being able to make hybrid apps a reality. Yeah. And just going back to you know a previous background that I had, we built a cloud platform at SAP to go ahead and allow people to say, you know what, I want to build a mobile application that allows people to abstract away all of their work activities. So I don't want to go into Salesforce to do CRM no. or SAP CRM system, and I don't want to go into their HR system to log vacation. If I'm a sales rep, why can't I just have an app for a sales rep that just hides all the back office systems yeah. wherever they sit? Yeah, It's a hybrid application. It is. And it makes my life easy because I go to one place to get my work done. Right? Think about your phone today. You might have a thousand apps on your phone. It's become the new like, okay, which one do I go to do what? Yeah, it's 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 service for you, right? So there's a world where hybrid apps are just gonna simplify work overall. It's gonna provide an easier way of getting work done. Like why do we build an app? Why is infrastructure data important? It's important on two dimensions. One, it's used to get work done. Mm -hmm where people can do that work. The second is it's used in a way where automation can be done in the area of AI and machine learning to get work done. You, data is the lifeblood of an organization. It is, yeah. If you could use the best, that data wherever it sits, whether it sits in a SaaS application, whether it sits on premises, whether you want to host it, and you could bring that together, right? This data-centric architecture thing again. Um, you bring it together in a consistent way. Our cloud block store is helping enable that. Mm -hmm. Because now, that data, that API, how you access it, it's the same on-premises in the public cloud. We're solving that cloud divide, right, that we talked about earlier. Well, we're starting, right? Yeah, we're starting yeah. on that journey. Because yeah, yeah. AWS yeah. is the first of many. Correct. We absolutely Correct. are going to be adding other providers in the future in the infrastructure as a service place. Um, so that's the first one. But the second piece is CloudSnap. Because... Great, now that now you can support data over here, data over here, how do you get the data around? So we introduced this idea where you can take snapshots directly from on-premises and store those snapshots in the public cloud, potentially on S3. 
Benefits being space savings, flexibility, those types of things. Well, so we've introduced snapshot technology in the past. Right. That snapshot technology was different in that it's built on a metadata framework that gives you space saving snapshots right. almost instantaneously. Today, that's one of those characteristics that the enterprises know and love that doesn't exist in the public cloud. Mm -hmm. In the public cloud, snapshots take more space, which actually are more cost, and they take more time because they're not built on this metadata framework that we have. So first, we're allowing that snapshot, which gives you that space saving and instant capability to allow you to store that snapshot in a cost-friendly medium in the public cloud today. We even have that capability on-premises where you can snapshot right into S3 and FlashBlade and do rapid recovery from yep. there. Yep. But in the public cloud, you can take that data when it's sitting there in the public cloud and actually rehydrate that right into a cloud block store as you need it. Uh, connected, yeah. So these things don't make sense necessarily in isolation. They right. actually make sense together because think about what you're trying to do. You're trying to unlock data. Like I envision this time where you have one consistent way of accessing data and processing and using data wherever it sits on-premises, public cloud, in a hybrid app, in an app that's SaaS, and then, you know, in your platform as a service. But will you even know, will you know where it is, right? I mean, you go back 100 years and it mattered where you were generating your electricity, right? Where, where it was, or maybe 15 years ago, you kind of cared about where your internet services come from. Now it's just kind of all around. I mean, yeah. there's still a little bit more to do there, but we kind of get to that point with data where you're just going to access it, but you're not going to really know or necessarily care where it is because it should be optimized for you. Well, my daughter actually, uh, she had, you know, um, we're, we try to limit the iPhone time, but we all I, do. We <laughs> uh, uh, she came to me over the weekend. Weekends are okay. It's yeah. our exception. Yes. Uh, she came to me and she was, uh, said, I have this problem with this app. And it was while I was thinking through some of this cloud launch stuff. Right. And I realized she thinks it's all on her phone. Yeah. She has no idea that the data she's sitting that she's using is in the public cloud. Mm -hmm. Now she's eight. So, you know, the public cloud, probably 15 years. Yeah. In her Not lifetime, she never knew a different world. Like she all. grew up as a cloud native. Yeah. Right. She just assumes that like the Netflix videos that are available or like, you know, the apps that she's using. She, she doesn't need to know whether no, that no, data is on the phone no or in the cloud. There's no concept where or, that is. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't but, even occur. I can tell you this, when she approached me, if I didn't help her, her attention span would have been gone because she ran into a problem, Yeah, right? And that problem, it could come from one of two places. Either the app is hard to use, that's an application experience problem, right? or that app is unpredictable. If it crashes or closes or, you know. So it's an access issue. It's, yeah. an, it's an access it's issue. It's an access thing. Right? Yeah. Um, or it could be, it takes 10 minutes to load. Sure. It could be yeah. a performance yeah. issue, yeah. right? But, sure, sure. Latency, whatever. All of those, what I realized is this. What stops engagement in the enterprise? Or what stops engagement in my daughter, right? It's either it's hard because the experience sucks or it's inconsistent from a performance or stability Absolutely. or yeah. whatever. Right. right. So I'm like, Really, what you should care about is application experience and application predictability, right? As you're designing modern-day applications such that my daughter could use them, how do you do that? Well, you need the best of what's available 
depending on what type of app you're building. So that could be using on-premises, that could be using public cloud, that could be using SaaS, that could be using PaaS, that could be using or caching data on the phone as well. Right. Because the problem you're trying to solve is predictability and experience. And, you know, it was an interesting piece where I think that's what... Is that what kind of got you onto some of these some of these cloud talking points, you know, a little bit? There's some analogies there, um, there right? Is, there is. You know, what I realized is <laughs> it's very hard to distinguish now the value you're adding in IT, right? We know that data is expanding and people have to spend IT budgets to manage data. And... Normally, the vectors you optimize for data are pretty clean. Yeah. Performance, cost, integrity, probably scale, yeah. agility, reliability, uptime, yeah, simplicity. Um, you know, simplicity is a relatively new one, right? It With is. Pure kind of started with this idea of how do you abstract away complexity for data, and we used a lot of our how do we optimize our software to take advantage of a new medium. We're doing it again. We're just extending it to that new medium happens to, to be cloud. Yeah. But I was just like, you know what? There needs to be a world with no compromise mm -hmm. where you can get performance, cost, reliability, simplicity, scalability, agility, but you're not gonna have instant available capacity on premises. You can have you can make that better and easier, but the cloud has one key benefit. It gives you agility. It's all it's instant available. Now, to some degree, you're paying actually a price premium for that instant availability. But what's the alternative, right? Well, so that's the thing. Get, As you, you know, get learn, something shipped in, install it, cable it, build it, depreciate it, all that right. versus that's eh, right there. So what if you right. want to take advantage of that agility? It's worth the price premium. Sure. But as it matures, or you want to go ahead and move it potentially to optimize against a performance dimension or a cost dimension or stability, reliability dimension, a different dimension, you can actually move it as well. But it only works if you don't have to rewrite your apps, if the APIs are the same, if the management's the same. Because, you know, so much of the world is all about you getting entrenched. That happens in the cloud, that happens on premises. And our goal is to free the data so you don't get entrenched. Our cloud vision is to allow that hybrid app to use of what's available where. And cloud block store is a piece of it. Cloud snap helps as well. And then what about the third piece? Well, right. the third piece the is- object, The object cloud store, right? Well, what's interesting uh, is the third data service we're introducing is store reduce mm -hmm. because that reliability angle is super important. People want reliability, but also they want to ensure that they can rapidly recover when something goes wrong. And a lot of good reasons for that. Security, yeah. compliance, you know, any number of, or just business, Bi you know, business, business continuity, uptime, right? Business, business uptime, you big, know, can't big shut deal. things down. Right. Um, well, previously, for a lot of reasons, the world was this whole, you know, disc to disc to tape. Um, and it kind of 
talk about 2000s or even back into the 90s or even 80s, right? Like yeah, storing, tri- uh, storing tapes in mountains and, you know, I remember those. Show- I, I worked for a company that had a, had a tape offering, right? So, I mean, that was that was what you did, right? You backed up and then the long-term stuff, you know, got put on a truck and taken away. And we're changing that paradigm, right? That's, that's shifting. Well, so even before you think shifting, like this idea with the tape was interesting where today, if you wanted to get a tape, back from the storage vault from like the 2000s to pull up an older record. Does the store this does the software even exist to open the medium or the format that sits on that tape? Yeah, that's I mean, I mean we, <laughs> we, have, we have any examples over time for for folks our age, you know, I'm sure I have a five and a quarter floppy disk sitting around somewhere too. Like what would <laughs> do I do you, with how that? How do you get the data yeah, off? What it? would I do with that? Or the other day, I mean this actually just happened. Um, somebody dropped off a VHS, dropped off a video cassette to my house. It was, I think it was, you know, it was my father-in-law or something and, and my kid got it. He's 11. You know, what is this dad? What do you do with this? Same thing. You know, and that's not even a software. I mean, that's just yeah. a functionality and I'm sure I've got a VCR sitting somewhere in the garage, but you know, imagine there is a, <laughs> imagine there is a software type, you know, what do you do with that tape media? Yeah. Um, and the data, you know, could be gone forever or very challenging to get. Well, so with the, we see this world where we can modernize data protection with mm-hmm. flash to flash to cloud. Yeah. At a cost parity that's actually pretty similar. So store reduce does data deep duplication in front of an object store. And today we offer a high performance object store for rapid recovery for, you know, that common business continuity on premise. Truly rapid recovery. Tru- truly right. rapid recovery. Right. Um, but in the public cloud, we're also offering that same data reduction capability in front of an object store called S3 and Amazon. Yeah, That's kind of the store reduce capabilities that we're providing in the cloud data services. And what's interesting about that is if you can provide that data, de- data deduplication capability, you now can have a situation where you have your business, where you have this application, Maybe it's using Flash Array or our um, primary capabilities of Flash for your mission-critical application. You now have the ability to back that up to another Flash medium in FlashBlade for rapid recovery and actually take that third step for cloud for data protection long-term with S3. And you're getting the benefit of this modernized data protection where you know that's going to be around. You know you're going to be able to access it. You're not having to worry about someone dropping off a VHS at your house one day, <laughs> right? Um, well, and same storage services, right? I mean, so, and, you know, and the good news is by, by connecting it to that S3 store and being able to hydrate that in the cloud block store now, yeah. you've got this modern workflow where it's like, okay, great. You're using it for data protection, but it's not like you're ever mounting your app on your tape, yeah, right? Like yeah, the, once that tape is there, it's kind of in long-term storage. Now, with the cloud, yes, you've modernized and got to this cost parity, but you get the benefit of being able to rehydrate it directly to cloud block store. So we've thought through these data services end to end to support enterprises in modernizing the way they do business. They can deal with their data in a consistent way across any medium using these these services. And it isn't a, should I do infrastructure as a service or platform as a service or SaaS or on-premise? It's and. Use the best of what's available. And it isn't use cloud block store or cloud snap or 
flash array or a flash blade we, or... We, we view them as very complementary, as not even very. They're complementary, but also we're able to do away with sort of the XAAS kind of choice thing. It just is. Just is, you know, yeah. and the world will eventually end up saying, look, you have cloud data infrastructure. That's infrastructure you use to build cloud. We've got that. A lot of our, uh, a lot of what we've delivered has helped SaaS companies build their public clouds. Right, right. And then we've got cloud data management. Pier one is a cloud yeah. data management suite that allows you to manage your arrays or your data wherever it sits. Block file object doesn't matter. And by adding these cloud data services, we now complete that picture where you can run anywhere. And this is just the beginning. In the future, we're gonna be introducing more cloud data services. We're gonna be expanding to probably more optimized infrastructure platforms as well in the hyperscaler world of public infrastructure. Right. So this is, this is a very interesting inflection point because it's just the beginning. And we didn't try to do what other people in the market might have done, which is like, cloud's a trend. We need to do something in cloud. Yeah, let's just throw something out against the wall and see if it sticks, right? So, you know, this was provided with the idea of delivering hybrid applications to the market in a way where people get the value out of what's available where. I think that's a great way to sum it up. Great. Well, I appreciate you having me speak. Uh, share the vision here. It was no, no, it was great, and I, and I love how we we touched on uh, both the offerings, but also kind of meandered around some of the background and and why things are challenging. It was uh, it was great to have you on. All right, thank you. Very cool. Well, thanks, and uh, for everybody listening, thank you. Uh, please subscribe. Please uh, tell a colleague so we can continue to expand the audience for this. Glad you took time to hear about the exciting cloud announcements from Pure today. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap for Pure Storage and Prakash Darji. This is Rob Ludeman saying, "Don't look back. Something might be gaining on you." All right, thanks. Thanks. Thanks.